Hey there, Dialoggers. I'm your host, Taylor, and I'm overjoyed that you came back. And if this is your first time listening, then welcome to the newest episode of Danae's Dialogue. We're using the elements of God, history, and the news. I hope to rile you up so much that you're literally having a dialogue with your phone or whatever device you happen to be listening to me on right now. No, 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 not to make you look crazy. The dialogue that you'll have with the air will prayerfully lead you into actions that produce change. On a serious note though, I created this space to be a place where people can come to gain knowledge through the power of dialogue. A way to provide the perspective of a nerdy, black, Christian millennial to some of the most important conversations that's being had. So let's get into this episode. You ready? Let go. their dialoguers um coming to you with a very uh different if you will episode um as you can probably hear i'm not feeling my best um been struggling with some stuff the last couple of weeks but i've been raised out of my bed of affliction because i just had to speak on something okay so this is gonna be very primitive you're probably gonna hear noise in the background um these cars passing by and whatnot but like i said i just gotta get this off my chest right um okay so today while i'm taping this it's it's june 19th 2021 um juneteenth it is actually uh world sickle cell day for those of you who don't know um but it's also the first time in history that today is a national holiday and uh there's been some um opinions <laughs> if you will about this day and uh what it all means and so allow me to add my opinions to the conversation um i want to start off by reading this this is general order number three the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain at their present homes and work for wages that they are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. Yeah, that's general order number three. Um, leave all the other nonsense behind because I'm, I'm guessing that the only thing that they heard was all slaves are free. Those are the words that you would have heard if you were alive on June 19th, 1865. Now for my ancestors, the majority of which were enslaved at this point in history, hearing these words meant that your dreams of freedom had been made a reality. A feeling that I can't even begin to imagine. In a matter of seconds, you went from being property 
from being owned to being free. Amazing. Uh, in order to understand Juneteenth, we have to talk about the First Emancipation Day. That's January 1st, 1863. This is the date that President Abraham Lincoln's famous Emancipation Proclamation went into effect. Now, he had signed it on September 22nd, 1862, but it didn't go into effect until the new year. And um, so on... December 31st, 1862, into January 1st, 1863. That's where we get the term watch night service from. They watched the night because starting on January 1st, they knew that they would be free. Anywho, uh, as much as the words thenceforward and forever free were powerful, uh, they were equally as impotent because the proclamation only applied to the enslaved in states or parts of states that were under union control. Now, if the state was still in control of the Confederates, the proclamation gave you legal cover if you ran away to Union territory, which many did, might I add. Hopefully, by now, uh, you've noticed the discrepancy in dates, though. 1863 is two and a half years from 1865. 1863 is two years from 1865. Now, since Texas, especially West Texas, was one of the last strongholds to fall, that combined with the fact that for two years, the news media didn't report on the details of the proclamation and the enslavers never told the enslaved that they were free because, you know, why would they for two years? For two years, they successfully elongated the oppression of some 200 and 50,000 people, even after the war ended with Robert E. Lee's surrender on April 9, 1865, there were still enslaved people all over the Confederate States especially. Now, for those in Galveston, Texas, this ended on June 19, 1865. On this day, Union General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston with his troops and read the words that I started this podcast with, General Order Number 3. Now, they picked different places to read it, a custom house, the courthouse, and a Negro church on Broadway, now known as Reedy Chapel AME, all repeating the same message, all slaves are free. But here's the best part, the part that's also missing from every narrative that I've heard recently, the, the fact that is left out of all the talking points on news media outlets and presidential speeches. The troops that accompanied General Granger were colored troops, meaning they were black, meaning that the enslaved that had been denied freedom for over two and a half years, those who had worked probably all their lives on that plantation got to see their own people deliver the message of their freedom. And that is the complete history of Juneteenth. It isn't the ending of slavery. That came with the 13th Amendment in December of 1865 when it was ratified. It's not even the ending of slavery in Texas because, you know, those slaveholders did whatever they could do to hold on to their um, quote-unquote property. 
what Juneteenth represents is so much more than a day of commemoration. It is a day that encompasses all of what it means to be a person of African descent living in America, to be free-ish. Juneteenth is a celebration of freedom, yes, but a freedom that was delayed by nefarious forces and apathetic bystanders, a freedom that had been theirs in word, just not in deed or practice, a freedom that was paid for by the literal blood, sweat, and tears, the countless amounts of black men and women that fought for a freedom that they may never had seen themselves, a freedom that was never and will never be guaranteed or secured. Juneteenth is a story of the African in America. Now, you would think because of all of that, people with reasonable minds would be happy about the new developments. As I said, today, June 19th, 2021, is the first time that this day is recognized as a national holiday in the United States. Now, no matter how that makes you feel or if you're too woke to agree with it, President Joe Biden signed it into law on June 17th, 2021, and from this day forward, that's what it will be, a national holiday. Now, y'all, I, I love my people. I do. I really, really do. I, I love us. I love us for real. For real. I really do. But y'all kill me sometimes, okay? Because when it was announced that the bill had passed with unanimous consent within the Senate, instantly, the I'm too black to be happy crew came out in droves, memes in hand, ready to defeat the hypocritical egregiousness that transpired. Floods of... So they can make Juneteenth a holiday, but they can't pass anti-lynching or voting rights bill. Or nobody asks for Juneteenth to be a holiday. Or my personal favorite, the meme, where the man skipping steps, you know, he jumps over different bills and lands on the step with Juneteenth as a holiday. All of that came out in droves. Now, all of those on the surface are true. However, they're filled with half-truths which create false narratives, and false narratives breed misinformation, which perpetuate ignorance. Now, I'm not coming for anyone's opinion. You're entitled to that. What I loathe is how quickly we jump on the bandwagon of tearing down every bit of progress made. Let's take the argument that they can make Juneteenth a holiday, but they can't pass the anti-lynching bill or voting rights bill. Which, again, on the surface, is true, as I've said. However, the situation is a little more nuanced than that. For starters, um, let's sit down in our thinking chairs and think. What did it cost Congress to pass this bill? Nothing. Now, I'm sure that most of these um, naysayers haven't read the actual bill or even know that it is an actual bill. So allow me to introduce you to congress.gov and govtrack.us, two websites that allow you to see the full legislative agenda of the current Congress 
including actual texts of bills, dates of votes, and how each member of Congress votes. Now, if you go to either of these sites, you'll see that the actual text of the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act is all of two sentences, one of which is the name of the act, the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act. Literally, all it took to pass this bill was the votes. It doesn't give any money to anyone. It doesn't cause a change in behavior. It was easy. It gave the Republicans the win with the minority vote that they needed heading into the midterms, allowing them to say that they voted to make this holiday a reality. It gives Democrats the one that they need, as this was a part of all of their legislative agendas. And Congress as a whole gets to look as bipartisan as they can look in this time. Easy win. Now, the other legislation on the floor, it costs something. The George Floyd Act means a change in policing. The For the People Act would mean they would have to stop cheating and let everyone vote like the Constitution actually says. The Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, which it was called when Senator Kamala Harris was a co-sponsor, well, that would mean that the violence that they incite and inflict on people of color is now punishable by federal law. It cost to put those bills into law. Now, can we all see that? Of course. Should it bother us? That's up to you. But I will remind you, it is what politicians do. We could stop there, but let's look deeper. In their attempt to score superficial wins, they've made a mistake. Especially the Republicans who voted for the bill while also passing anti-critical race theory legislation. Their vote to make this day a national holiday has just inadvertently acknowledged the existence of slavery and the fact that not only did the Emancipation Proclamation not free the slaves, but there was a concentrated effort to keep as many people enslaved for as long as possible. What they're trying to ban in their quest to defeat the phantom critical race theory, they've just acknowledged. With the passage of this act, America has just acknowledged the existence of the institution of chattel slavery. Juneteenth is now the only holiday that recognizes the existence of and the emancipation from American chattel slavery. It is the blackest holiday on the calendar. Now, you may be saying that's all well and good, Taylor, but they still haven't passed anything of substance yet. True, they haven't. But why? Because of civics. In order for a bill to become a law, both the House and the Senate have to agree on the language within the bill. Because of the different rules in the Congress and the Senate, the Congress, currently in Democratic majority, they just need the numbers, which they have. But the Senate, although technically also in Democratic control, they need at least 10 Republicans to vote in order to pass legislation that is filibuster-proof. Now, I will explain all of this in more detail in the Civics Unlocked podcast, so stay tuned for that. So the Senate does not have the numbers. Take the anti-lynching legislation, for example. One 
Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, Republican, Rand Paul blocked that legislation from passing because he didn't agree with a part of the language. One senator. It's the same with the Voting Rights Bill, H.R. 1, or the For the People Act. One senator, Democrat Joe Manchin from West Virginia, is holding that bill up. It's not that they passed over these bills to pass this act. Believe it or not, they actually do stuff over on Capitol Hill. But this brings me to the other reason why I mentioned the websites. Because they also keep track of the votes taken and the progress being made on legislation. According to these sites, the anti-litching bill has been reintroduced, because remember it was canceled, by Rand Paul. And the For the People Act is in committee, which is one of the last steps before becoming a law. So how do we push that forward? By calling your state representative and your senator and urging them to pass this legislation. Call them out on their hypocrisy. Tell them how you don't understand why they could vote so swiftly on a holiday, but not on legislation that would actually free black people everywhere and bring to fruition the spirit of the holiday that you just passed. But the real problem I have with the sentiment is the words, they can make Juneteenth a holiday. Because who is they? Are you saying that the white male and female representatives who voted alongside their colleagues of color did it? Are you saying that the proverbial white man did it? Are you saying Joe Biden did it? If the answer is yes to any of those, then you're grossly misguided. Because, you know, for y'all to be so pro-black, you give a lot of credit to white people. And to any white people listening, forgive me for the harsh nature of my words. I'm not grouping all white people together. There's a specific type of racist that I'm talking about when I say white people. Anyway, repeating that they, quote unquote, gave us the holiday is the furthest thing from the truth. Black people gave us this holiday in word and in deed. It was the black soldiers in the Civil War that fought for the freedom of their brothers and sisters in bondage, and it was the ancestors who began commemorating Juneteenth in 1866, a year after the first events. Juneteenth was made a state holiday in Texas in 1980 after the work of black state legislators like Al Edwards, who was now an ancestor as he died last year. Prior to this year, 46 of the 50 states had been celebrating Juneteenth. This holiday being made national is not permission from the powers that be that allow us to now celebrate. We already had been celebrating this, and we will continue to celebrate it. All this does now is allow the nation to now recognize it. And while I'm here, let me bust this myth that this was some overnight conception of the Senate to assuage the blacks. This bill had been introduced last year. Yeah, that's right. Remember when the Orange Wonder was over there talking about how he popularized Juneteenth and that he was going to make it a holiday? Short memories, I know. But there was a vote taken last year on this bill, and it failed thanks to Republican Senator Ron Johnson. 
the one holdout. Sound familiar? The only reason why it came up this year is because of us. Black people. Black people put Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff in the Senate. Black people put Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House. And it is their signatures that are on that bill. And because of the craziness that transpired, Ron Johnson announced that he was retiring, meaning that there was no longer a reason for him to oppose Juneteenth, and there was nothing anyone could do to him for voting in the affirmative. So just because you heard about it within the last week doesn't mean that there was an absence of work prior to that. Hello? That's the reason that Mother Opal Lee is getting all her props now. Why? Because for decades, decades, she was fighting and advocating for Juneteenth to be made a national holiday. This now 94-year-old black woman walked from Texas to D.C. to ask then-President Obama in 2016 to make this a reality for her. So to say that nobody asked for this to be a holiday, mm, she did. Each year on Juneteenth, she walks two and a half miles in Texas to represent the two and a half years that the enslaved in Galveston had to wait for their freedom. Usher was an advocate for this holiday. There were countless amounts of men, women, and children that wanted to see this day. So to ignore and to denigrate the work of these people and hand it over to the 117th Congress of the United States is an insult of the highest order. And I will not allow the work of my ancestors and current freedom fighters to be overlooked and veiled by this narrative pushed by people who don't know civics and clearly don't read a newspaper unless it's an Instagram meme. Yo, we gotta stop falling for the okie doke. Stop giving your power to people who don't deserve it. Juneteenth is a holiday because black people ask for it to be. We fought for the end of slavery and we fought to make this a holiday. We marched for this, we protested for this, and it was we, black people, who brought it to fruition, not anyone else. Guess what? I don't care what people do on this day. I don't care what company is going to start Juneteenth sales. We live in a capitalistic society, and that's the nature of capitalism, to capitalize on whatever they can. But please, let, let, let's not get high and mighty, because when's the last time you've done something to honor Dr. King on MLK Day? Yeah. So I don't care what the Klan does on Juneteenth. And I don't care if most of these states probably won't even recognize it. I don't care. Because it doesn't stop our ability to celebrate it. We have always celebrated in the midst of chaos. It's just like the fact that July 4th is a holiday, but it hasn't stopped my ability not to celebrate it, seeing as how the people that looked like me were most likely in bondage on that day, even though it's called Independence Day. But you see, that right there is why I will always celebrate Juneteenth. Because it shows the dichotomy between what it means to be black and what it means to be white in this country. July 4th, 1776 is not the end of the Revolutionary War. It's not even the start of it. It is literally when a group of white men gathered together in a room and signed a document declaring their independence from Britain. You see, they get to declare that they're free and it becomes a holiday. 
Compare that to Juneteenth when after years of war, black people putting it all on the line, two and a half years after their supposed freedom, they're just getting the message that they are in fact free. So if you can enjoy that day off and stuff your face full of hot dogs and hamburgers on July 4th, but you have a problem with the national recognition of the date in which your ancestors got the message that they were free, then I don't know what to tell you. I'm honestly not concerned about who gets it or not, because if they don't get it, it means it's not for them. I'm a, you know, eat the meat, spit out the bones kind of person. I mean, I I told you on the beginning, today is also World Sickle Cell Day. You know who in the Senate is one of the champions for sickle cell? Tim frickin' Scott. Who I have nothing in common with. But if that man could pass some kind of legislation that would help me out, guess what? I'm gonna take it. Even if it's coming from Tim frickin' Scott. So for those of you who can't seem to find anything good about this day or don't want to celebrate it, then please use this day to do something useful with your life. And join Stacey Abrams' hot call summer. Yeah, I know, I hate the name too. And call your senator every day. Go to StopJimCrow2.com for more information. But as for me and my house, we're going to honor the spirit of liberation that Juneteenth is all about. And like my ancestors who came before me, I will keep fighting to make sure that we're all free. Because none of us are free. Until we're all free. Happy Juneteenth. Dialoguers, you've been great. I hope you enjoyed the pod. And if you've made it to this point, it's a good indication that you did. And that makes me happy down in my soul. Now, please don't let the dialogue stop here. Please consider to like, share, and comment. All things Zene's Dialogue Podcast can be seen over at what I like to call the DD Hub. That's www.denaysdialogue.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, Ashe.